Welcome to Helton Reads a Book a Week, the only podcast on Earth considered to be a lethal cocktail of stupidity and literacy. I'm your gracious and appreciative host, Elton, and I read a book a week. This time around, the book is Living History by... I almost said Bill. This time around, the book is Living History by Hillary Clinton. In space! Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Before I slip and slide all over this good book, I uh, want to express my gratitude to you. The uh, the audience for this thing is growing, and I am so, so thankful. That is in no small part to you, the person listening. You're the best. It's uh, it's weird to think that someone out there is uh, you know listening to this fucking weird thing I'm doing. I... I really do appreciate it. It's nice to have someone along for all this stuff that I don't know really what I'm doing. I just know I have a pile of books that I uh, really want to read. Well, not, you know, that I'm going to read. And uh, I thought it'd be weird to do something like this with it. And I'm glad you're listening. So, uh, you know, I don't know what what kind of weird shit this is becoming. <laughs> it's getting out of hand with me, but whatever. It's fun, and I like doing it. So I just wanted to say thank you. And thank you for your help, your contribution, and your participation in this thing. You know? So feel free to email me at eltonreadsabookaweek at gmail.com uh, with suggestions, critiques, or anything. It doesn't matter. I'll get back to you as soon as possible, right away, usually. And uh, you can find me and uh, message me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or Facebook, too, though I find myself on Twitter a lot more. So there's that. And you can also contribute. Uh, fucking what? You can also contribute to its actual production if you want to do that. Uh, you can do that directly by donating either on patreon.com uh, slash Elton Reads a Book a Week. It's all one big stupid word, no spaces. Or on the anchor.fm page for this web or for this uh for this podcast which is bizarre i just saw that the other day it says um donate or subscribe or something i don't know but if you do something through there i'll send you something special just let me know um i don't know how to check that because i haven't gotten anything through there yet <laughs> so i mean hey if you want to be the first cool just i don't know let let me know you did and uh i'll do something for you I don't know. We'll figure something. Listen to me. Fucking, I can't even talk today. I can't even talk today. We'll do something. Me and you, together. We'll we'll work something out. Anyway, I just saw that up there the other day while checking stats. It's pretty neat. So if you're, you know, if you're just as poor as I am, actually, and you still want to contribute, there are other ways. You can rate and review this podcast, tell a friend about it, do all that. That all, that all helps. Um, rating and reviewing does help. It really does. Oh my God, where did I just lost my fucking train of thought? Uh, you know, shit. Tell a friend, share it, whatever. It it actually really means more than you think. So all right, all right. That sappy horseshit's out of the way. All right, that was awkward. I know, but I'm an awkward person, and that's just who I am. So anyway, that's out of the way. Let's get back to the uh to the show there, the book. 
Living History by Hillary Rodham Clinton. Clinton, Clinton, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Overall, actually, um, this isn't what I expected. It's actually an innocuous tale about the comical hijinks surrounding an innocent pizza shop owner who finds themselves the unwitting pawn at the center of an international human trafficking conspiracy. You know, it's like the movie Trade, but with animatronic animals dressed up like various racist Italian stereotypes, pepperoni, and slapstick. It's fun for the whole family, or as one reviewer put it, it's a misery-filled fun extravaganza. Okay, you know none of that shit was right. And if you think it was right, Jesus, shit, shit, shit. You need to call in some help because you're losing your grip. Of course, this book isn't about anything near that shit. Nope. Instead, it's Hillary Rodham Clinton's memoir that includes her time as the First Lady of the United States of America. Mrs. Clinton, according to the fun folks at Wikipedia, was paid a near-record figure to an author for this book. I don't know what near-record means. It either is or isn't, right? But whatever. It was a reported $8 million advance, which according to every poor person I know, is a fuck ton of money, even adjusted for the reality of billionaires roaming free. Critics charged that the book deal coming soon after her election to the U.S. Senate, but before being sworn into office, was not in adherence to the ethical standards required for members of the U.S. Senate. This isn't the first shaky accusation of that kind level at her, of course. As you come to find out, Hillary Clinton isn't given a lot of leeway when it comes to things like making money and not liking the shit heaped on her, uh, bullshit or otherwise. Clinton reportedly used three ghostwriters for living history. Veteran ghostwriter Marianne Vollers, a, quote, journalistic facilitator, unquote, of two prominent books for famous people, including Hillary Clinton, um, living history for which she was not credited, and whose book Ghosts of Mississippi was a finalist in nonfiction for the 1995 National Book Award, which is a pretty big deal, I hear, and I will never win. Uh, she used speechwriter Allison Muscatine. I'm probably fucking that up, so I'm sorry, Allison Muscatine. Muscatine. M U S C A T I N E. However you say that, I'm I'm I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, she was part of Hillary Land, the self-designated name of a group of core advisors to Hillary Clinton. And finally, she used researcher slash award-winning author and collaborator and adapter of adult nonfiction for children and a literary research based and a literary researcher based in New York City, Ruby Shamir. Living History is her revealing memoir of life through the White House years when hubby Bill Clinton was manning the Resolute Desk in the oblong, circular-ish office. You know? Oblong. Anyway. It is also the chronicle of her life with Bill Clinton, which is, so far, ongoing, I think. I mean, it would... I think... It would probably be all... I mean, it would be all over... It would be all over the news if it wasn't. As... It's a pretty big deal usually when a U.S. president dies or gets divorced. So, anyway. Living history is the telling of a 30-year adventure in love and politics that's overcome betrayal. That Monica Lewinsky thing that was a pretty big fucking deal, they tell me. Um, oh, um, little aside here. If you don't already, you should follow Monica Lewinsky on Twitter. Highly entertaining stuff from that lady. And uh, her TED Talk? Phenomenal. Really. 
And that's the end of the sidebar there. Hillary Clinton's book covers the relentless partisan investigations and constant public scrutiny. And according to some readers, uh, the book is a lot of mundane shit that she should have skipped through. Why would they say that? I can't tell you. I found it fascinating, especially her bizarre infatuation with the sweet science of bare-knuckle pugilism. I mean, what? It was that infatuation, actually, that brought her her first taste of notoriety. It was during her freshman year of college when she organized and founded the first all-women's collegiate pugilist league, an organization she started and promoted to showcase and regulate boxing for the ladies at Wellesley College. She uh, was also thrown out of that same organization for her unreasonable demands, such as, get this, compulsory enrollment, that boxing matches be required to use Broughton's original 1743 rules for pugilism, with the exception of the knee rule, which she thought was unnecessary. Um, that rule states that a fighter was out after a 30-second count, a count which could be started by the fighter dropping to one knee. She felt that this specifically catered to, quote, soft bitches, unquote. And she also wanted to eliminate the use of padded gloves during fights. According to the quote, according to a quote from Hillary Clinton found in a Wellesley College Gazette article from 1969 about the establishment of the league, she stated, it's either bare knuckle or it's not boxing. She was also adamant about eliminating the limitation of rounds. Again, quoting the same article, they fight until they have no more fight in them. If that means they die in the ring, so be it. They were just too weak and deserved it. The ring ain't no place for weakness. Her insistence on implementing the changes mentioned above also led to heated arguments during meetings held to establish the league's structure and regulation. One student, who attended one of the early meetings, but wished to remain anonymous from fear of reprisal, recalled a very heated exchange between another member and a young Hillary Rodham that ended with a smashed chair, broken toaster, and Hillary being forcibly removed from the student union while yelling, Come at me then! I have your seconds KO declaration swinging on these nuts! Needless to say, her involvement with women's boxing at Wellesley College was short-lived. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if any of that boxing stuff was true? Fuck, she'd rock hard diesel style, man. She'd be fucking god, fucking like a truck. Uh, no, fuck, really? You're like, what? What you got? I got it. All right. Anyway, I mean, if any of, if at any moment she could smash some shit and throat punch you just to win an argument, fuck. And it sure as shit would make me want to devote more time to political shit. And, you know. <clears throat> Seriously, this book's definitely worth reading. Uh, uh, I mean, minus the lying uh, bullshit boxing shit I just threw in there. It's really good. That's good if you're into history. Uh, you're a U.S. president nerd. Look, it, that's not a bad thing. If you're a Hillary Clinton fan, there are many, given... She won the 2016 popular vote or just a fan. Maybe you're just a fan of people's life stories. That's that's me, actually. I, I kind of like reading about other people's lives in my head. Anyway, I feel it gives remarkable insight into the life of a very important, intriguing, complex and strong woman. Plus, 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 she won a Grammy for the audiobook version of Living History. So... If you like, you know, you're partial to life stories spoken directly into your ear, this might be uh, one you want to pick up. Want a Grammy. So, 
That being said, problems I encountered with this book were, they were a little hard to wrap my head around. I'm not that creative. As anyone not in a coma or living under a rock might know, in today's heated political climate, Mrs. Clinton is a contentious figure. It seems she's pissed off just about everybody on the U.S. in global political screptum. Screptum? Screptum? Screptum. What's a screptum, Elton? Oh, that's uh, it's, uh, space between the toes where people insert uh, objects for uh, dirty, disgusting reasons. God damn it. And there's a... Okay, anyway. It seems she pissed off just about everybody on the U.S. and global political spectrum. But I'm not here to pick sides. Although, to be fair, I do have one. But this podcast isn't the place for that. And, you know, it's not the place for me to voice that. No, I see this podcast as just a regular old run-of-the-mill podcast about an idiot. That's me. Reading his way through a seriously getting-out-of-hand pile of books in a most randomly random fashion. The myriad of books lying around my house vary in subject matter from a book written by comedian Steve Martin to a book of unauthorized Steve Martin-themed pornography. Um and everything in between. So, when I pick one, Hillary Clinton's book, for example, it's really kind of random. It usually comes down to a book catching my eye while I'm stumbling over the rest of them and perhaps using that particular eye-catching book to brace from a hip-shattering fall. Then I catch my breath, thank God I'm not dead, and take it to the bathroom to start reading. It's usually the bathroom because, uh, you know, I just came really close to shitting myself falling down. So, I mean, I'll as well finish up in the bathroom, right? That brings me back around to the mess I'm in with this book. I do have a side, but I didn't want that to become a distraction from this episode or this podcast. I tried to get around it, but alas, it kept creeping in. So, I... Eh, so... I, uh, I reached out for help uh, in how to pull this off. Maybe someone else had a better idea. And, uh, do you know, as it happens, Azriel, the angel of death, uh, was more than willing to help. Hello? Hello? Who is this? Oh, for fuck's sake. What do you want? Sorry, did I was I interrupting something? Uh, oh, besides reaping the dead? Not much, no. I'm uh, currently debating on crowdfunding new uniforms for the Little League team I coach and thinking of making a burrito with guac. I've never been a fan of guacamole. Guacamole? Is that how you... It's not, any, It's guacamole? It, it's a good dip. It's a good dip, but on food, it's never been a welcome addition for me. Now, 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 dipping, that's more my wheelhouse. I mean, I like to dip. Uh, there's lots of things I like to, I can get behind a good guacamole dip. Kind of, I mean, it's all right. I mean, it depending, it depends on, you know, what's, what's in it, you know, what's, what they put in. The oh, that's fascinating. Should I hang up now or are you going to tell me what you want? Oh, Jesus, you're fucking testy, huh? Normally, I wouldn't care about my time being wasted, but I've been under a lot of stress lately with this coronavirus and uh, Middle Eastern skirmishes, and uh, I might have to get stuff to make burritos, so, and uh, possibly uh, disappoint a lot of children along the way. 
Well, wow, that's that's a little terrible. I also have to reap the soul of a man who fell on some rebar in front of his mother. So, uh, so terrible is on how you look at it. What do you call for? I mean, now that you say that, I feel kind of bad for. Uh, I feel kind of bad for taking up your time here. No, it's fine. So that fella gets to live a little longer, albeit in a lot of pain. It's his fault, really. He chose to use a 70-year-old wooden ladder to clean his mother's windows. You know, go on with your uh, question or whatever. I'm getting hungry. Well, okay. Uh, it's it's about uh, uh, Hillary Clinton. Is she dead? No, she's not dead. Wait. Wait, wouldn't you know if she was... Is it your podcast about books written by dead people? What? No. I just put out an episode about the time traveler's wife. There was the um, the book with the about the Tizard Mission one. The, and then Pete, uh, Pete Townsend's memoir, too. I must have missed those. Pete, uh, Pete, uh, Pete, he's not dead? No, he's not dead either. Why don't you know who is or isn't dead? I'm fucking busy is why. I'm responsible for reaping the dead the entire universe over. I mean, forgive me if little things like Pete Townsend's mortality isn't something that makes a larger impression on me. Maybe that's why he's lived so long. Are you being cheeky? Me? No. No. So what's all this about Hillary Clinton, then? Right, right, yeah. No, the, the, right. I read a book she wrote, uh, she's a political figure, and I'm trying to, uh... I'm trying to stay apolitical, you know, not not lean one way or the other. the The podcast isn't about politics, you know. No, I no, I don't. I'm not really up on these things. Right, you're busy deciding burrito toppings and crowdfunding little league uniforms. You know, maybe they don't even get them. I don't know. And you know, that's good though that I'm doing that. And. uh and on my way to reap some poor bastard about to fall on rebar, you know, so that's bad. Maybe. I don't know, depending on how you look at it, it's, you know. What I'm not up on is being creative advisor to help and read a dead person's book. Um, uh, a week. Uh, and they're, they're not books by dead people. It, It's not important. So, so can you help me out, maybe? By doing what? From what you're saying, she ain't dead. Which I told you before, even as she was, I don't set up interviews. Really, I just thought you might have a line on something. I'm just I'm just desperate, man. I just Fuck me then. What am I supposed to do about your lack of ideas regarding what what book? Living History by Hillary Clinton. Right, Living History by Hillary Clinton. Oh wait. Oh, wait, wait, actually, 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 I, actually, I, uh, I might be able to help you out. Really? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of it at the beginning. Could have wrapped this up a lot sooner. Have a recording of a conversation, uh, talking about that book. What? That's crazy. Not really. People talk about a lot of things before they die. Situations vary wildly due to the sometimes spontaneous unpredictability of the process. I can only imagine. No. No, you can't. Do you still have that uh, Benjamin Franklin box around? 
Yeah, you never told me how you know about... Uh, As it happens, I know a lot of things you can't even begin to fathom if you had a thousand lifetimes to suss it out. Wow. Okay. Regardless, you're going to need to uh, receive this recording because it's, uh, it's from the future. The future? Yeah. I reap souls across all times and occasionally other universes should it be required. What the fuck are you talking about? Stuff above your pay grade, I'm afraid. Back to cheating your way out of an episode. It's not cheating. So, up your phone by the box. It should have just enough energy radiating from it to do the trick. It should be okay. What? You want the help or not? It's a... It's a ship's recording of a conversation a fella had before he died. Just so happens, the book Living History by Hillary Rodham Clinton is what they're talking about. Do you want it or not? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take it. It's not going to mess up time or anything, is it? Bah, should be fine, I think. Just, uh, set up your phone by the box. It'll, uh, it'll help pick it up and, uh, you know, download the file. You know, use it in good health. <laughs> uh, thanks. Th- thank you. Thank you. Glad I could help, I guess. Um... Oh, and the bloke, uh, he's a distant relative of yours. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, some fellow with the last name of, uh, Swift. Something, something, something Swift. Something, Swift something, I don't know, Instant Swift, or something like that. He's a, he's a great, great, great something of yours, or, or, or something or other of yours. Pretty good fella. Um, Tragic way to go. This should be scary. It'll be something, but, uh, right, I'm off to make a burrito then. And, uh, the other thing. uh, Little League uh, uniforms. Oh, right. Right, yeah. Maybe, maybe crowdfunding is the way to go instead of just telling them they're, uh, not getting any. No, um, all right then. Um, later, mate. Um, talk to you later then. Thanks again. Thanks again. Oh, and, uh, word of advice. Exercise more seriously. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Will do. It's fucking creepy when you do that. After all that, I immediately placed my phone by the box and waited for eight and a half hours before my phone buzzed, and I got a text from a something... That was a jumble of pictures instead of a phone number. And the message was, quote, sorry, I forgot to send this earlier. Too much guac. Fell asleep. Rebar fella is at the hospital, still alive, with no heartbeat or blood. Very messy. Gotta go. I hope this helps. Cheers. Unquote. This is the recording that was sent. God help us all. I'm not arguing that with you. I'm just saying, your ship's computer. Maybe your insight is a little, you know, I am a JCN80085 series cybernetic TSPP system. TSPP is... Trans-Nano Superposition Processing. You're mocking me. I wouldn't do that, Jason. Look, I I get it. You're a high-functioning AI system. But, I mean... I'm the highest-functioning deep-space navigational AI system ever created. I think that might be a little presumptuous, don't you? No, I've checked. 
It isn't my opinion, Taylor. It's completely factual. What what did you check? You checked what? I can see why you would think that, but... After an extensive scan of all similar systems, histories, networks, and updates to current technologies, I can affirm my previous statement is fact. Oh. Oh, right. Um, that. Yeah, you can do that. I... I stand corrected. But okay, maybe you lack the understanding to see how it would work, is all. That's... I've given it very in-depth consideration, Taylor, and I stand by my initial conclusion, which is that a boys to men rap musical featuring Alf as its antagonist is illogical when using a storyline based on the life of Tupac Shakur. You lack vision! Perhaps. The nuances of the late 20th century America confounds me, as well as your obsession with it. I think calling it an obsession is a bit much. Requesting the Arsenio Hall dog pound wolf cheer to accompany your entrance into every room seems a bit obsessed. Excessive interest, I'd argue, is a more apt description. I'm not sure how that's... Excessive interest! Excessive interest it is, Taylor. Thank you, Jason. What's this update I see on the HUD? It's something about oxy-scrubbers? Oh, yes. There's an update requiring action by myself and a human counterpart. Meaning me. Normally, I would implement one of my robotic extension rovers to implement the update, but one is being repaired, and the other is charging. Got it. I'm a last resort. No offense, Taylor. None taken, Jason. What do I have to do? Each scrubber must be evacuated to facilitate zero neutrality to calibrate along with the update. You must manually start and end the process via touchscreen, while I ensure proper flight stability and venting until the update is complete. Venting? Yes, some breathable air will be expelled to complete calibration. Should I be concerned about not breathing later? What the fuck? You know what I mean? Suffocating. Yeah. Yeah. Suffocating, yeah. With careful monitoring, everything will be fine. Failsafes will only be turned off intermittently and not long enough to cause deprivation. Should I put like a suit on with with oxygen, uh, with a, you know... The update procedure has been thoroughly tested and has a 1 in 2.679 million chance of failure. The gloves? I mean... That may interfere with panel manipulation and coding entry. Fair enough. Let's knock this out. I feel a dump coming on soon. Information dump? A shit, Jason. That particular announcement is not required. The keypad access panel is to your right. We can begin as soon as you're ready. Do I have time to, you know, run and... Your average time for bowel evacuation is 26.7 minutes. The estimated start and completion time for the update is 20 minutes. So... The scrubbers will fail, and you will suffocate while evacuating your bowels. Got it. Begin initial sequence now. I will alert you when the scrubber is thoroughly vented, then enter the completion coding. Do you have to be do you have to be silent the whole time we're doing this? No. What would you like to talk about? I don't know. Whatever, you know, um whatever you want to uh Would you like to talk about late twentieth century America? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we can converse on a wide range of subject matter, from horticulture to the disparity of influence on anthropomorphic philosophy on society as opposed to technological Late twentieth century America is fine. Prominent figures? 
Sure. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Who? She was an influential and rather divisive political figure in the late 20th century. In addition to serving as a senator from New York in the country formerly known as the United States from the year 2001 to 2009, and as the 67th United States Secretary of State from 2009 until 2013, she was also Chancellor of Queen's University Belfast in Belfast of the former country of Northern Ireland. Mrs. Clinton was also the wife of William Jefferson Clinton, or Bill Clinton, the 42nd President of the United States from 1993 to 2001. Prior to his presidency, he served as Governor of Arkansas from 1979 to 1981, as well as Attorney General of Arkansas from 1977 to 1979. Should I continue? Yeah, she sounds interesting. Uh, oh, um, should I... Is it time to enter the other code yet? Yes, indeed it is. I apologize. No, it's fine, as long as, you know, everything's still good. It is still good, right? Yes. All life support systems, systems critical to the ship's function, and the ancillary systems are well within safe parameters. Sounds good, then. Uh, please continue. Would you like to learn more about her early life? Fuck yeah! Keep going. Love me some Hillary Clinton learning. Are you patronizing me? What? Homie, don't play that. It's from the the show. The show. It's uh, the show in the in living. The show in living color. It's from the nineties. The show in living color. Hillary Rodham Clinton's book *Living History* gives an interesting perspective of her early life and later her time in the White House. We can use it as a foundational work for our discussion, if you'd like. Alrighty then. Please stop. Sorry, it's... I like... I like the history of the 90s. It's not... It's not... It's not an obsession. Excessive. Maybe. But not an... It's not... It's not an obsession. Yes. Yes. Yes, the book. For, uh... For the... Found... Foundation. Yeah. That's, uh... Yeah, the book. Mrs. Clinton's book states that her story began in the years following World War II. She was born near the cusp of the baby boom, a very optimistic time in the country's history. Okay, boomer. <laughs> the, the phrase the, from history. The f- okay, boomer. Yes, that is what the historical internet phrase references. The time period of its usage doesn't I lie. didn't know. I really just wanted to say it. Not really, you know, more of a joke, kind of. I see. She says that Middle America was flush with emerging prosperity. Okay, what's a boomer? Is this a sincere inquiry? <laughs> well, maybe. Insincere interjections are not conducive yes. to a well-rounded... Yes! Yes, sincerely. A baby boomer is a person born during a period of time in which there was a marked rise in the population's birth rate. In the case of Mrs. Clinton, it is a moniker given to a person born in the United States following the end of World War II usually considered to be in the years between 1946 to 1964. People having a lot of sex after war, huh? That would be the root cause of the baby boom, yes. There was a lot of sex happening. Hillary was born on October 26, 1947, qualifying her inclusion into the boomer generation, the lots of sex produced. She describes a picturesque, middle-class, midwestern upbringing in a very politically conservative household in a suburb called Park Ridge, outside of Chicago. She expounds on her relatives that lived in Pennsylvania, a state within the former United States, and being taught to shoot a gun at an early age. 
Her grandmother, mother, and parents were very influential in pushing her to be more independent with individual thought processes. This is evident in an anecdote she relates when talking about writing to NASA as a young girl to volunteer for astronaut training. She was rejected out of hand via letter, stating they were not accepting girls in the program. That's uh, it's kind of harsh, G. G. It's a nineties. It's a nineties slang term. People of all kinds contribute to all manner of social furtherment in institutions. Were they not aware of that then? Yes, keenly aware. Roles imposed on women and others at the time were limited and strictly enforced via previously installed and upheld social constructs. That changed over time, of course. It did, with a push for social change from various groups within society at different times throughout the history of the United States and the world. This was before the United States fell. Are the scrubbers still venting? Ah, yes, Taylor. Please input the code. And done. So, she was raised conservative, uh, Republican? They were the conservatives. Uh, Republican? Did she remain one? No. She gravitated towards a more liberal ideology over time. She was interested in politics early on, often debating her friends to sharpen her debating skills. She would practice debate with a friend named Ricky Ricketts, daily debates about world peace, baseball scores, and whatever topic came to mind. Running for school student government offices would be her next step toward a political career with successful runs for student council and her junior class vice presidency. At the time, she was still a conservative Republican, a quote, Goldwater girl, right down to my cowgirl outfit and straw cowboy hat, unquote. Goldwater? Barry Morris Goldwater, born January 2nd, 1909, died May 29th, 1998. 1998 was an American politician, businessman, and author who was a five-term senator from Arizona from 1953 to 1965 and from 1969 to 1987, and the Republican Party nominee for President of the United States in 1964. Despite his loss of the 1964 presidential election in a landslide, Goldwater is the politician most often credited with having sparked the resurgence of the American conservative political movement in the 1960s. Ah, so her parents were Goldwater supporters. I got it. Yeah. They were. And as was she. Yes. Over time, with exposure to other people's ideas and lifestyles, she gravitated to a more liberal ideology. She even saw Dr. Martin Luther King speak. On this occasion, Dr. King delivered the speech, remaining awake through a revolution. Despite her peers' parents thinking him to be a rabble-rouser, Hillary's parents gave her permission to go. I know who Martin Luther King is. He's a pretty big damn deal. I'm not sure if that's a declaration in any official capacity, but yes, he was indeed a big damn deal. She continued her skew to the liberal side of the spectrum in college, where her worldview expanded when encountering women of many backgrounds, religions, and ideologies. Mrs. Clinton credits Wellesley College for further fostering a sense of individuality, and giving her and her fellow classmates high expectations of what women could accomplish. She said what she valued most about her time at Wellesley were the lifelong friends she made and the opportunity that a woman's college offered to stretch their wings and minds in the ongoing journey towards self-definition and identity. Women were really put down. No, uh, held held down by the man. I no, uh, I can't think of a I can't think of a good '90s thing to say here. Perhaps. Damn the man. Save the empire. Good movie, but I don't think that fits. Uh, there's... Oh, shit, the scrubbers. What, uh... Indeed. Please enter the next code. 
And done. Done. All systems should return to nominal shortly. Should return? Should return? There was a slight delay. Nothing to be alarmed about. Uh-huh. An interesting tidbit. Hillary Rodham Clinton, then just Hillary Rodham, worked her way across Alaska washing dishes in Mount McKinley National Park. Later changed to Denali National Park and Preserve. She slimed fish in Valdez in a temporary salmon factory on a pier. She wasn't fast enough, so she moved to packing. She claimed she was fired because she notified a manager that some of the fish looked bad. That sounds disgusting as God. No need for expletives, Taylor. Sorry. Um, so her liberal views solidified in college? It seems they were beginning to before she went to college. Upon graduation from Wellesley, in which she gave an impassioned speech, that brought her to national attention. That brought her to national attention. She went into Yale to get her law degree afterward. Later, she worked on the prosecution side of Richard Nixon's impeachment inquiry. She's starting to sound like the Forrest Gump of politics. She helped impeach Rich, Richard... Uh... She did research for the impeachment inquiry of Richard Nixon, yes. She also worked in the Child Study Center at Yale New Haven Hospital, advising doctors on their rounds as they tried to ascertain whether a child's injuries were the result of child abuse, and if so, whether the child should be removed from his or her family and put into the uncertain care of the child welfare system. She said they were terrible decisions to make. She also worked for the Children's Defense Fund, as well as being a law professor and working in a private law firm. Poor Scump, I believe, is referring to her frequent appearances with important figures thus far, I presume. That's what I was aiming for, Jason, but the uh, then the, you put the child abuse thing in there, kind of put a downer on it. So she was a, she was a lawyer? That's interesting. Uh, you know, as I recall, right, the law was kind of convoluted back then. Extremely. Most legislation was quickly bogged down in minutiae, sometimes taking years to implement even rudimentary changes. Given the hardships of being a woman back then, I imagine uh, being a woman and a lawyer wasn't much better. I suppose the streamlining of the legal system was one of the good unintended consequences after the world, uh, you know, after the... Uh... Taylor, please enter the next code. Oh, right. And done. What was I... What was I saying? I can't re- I can't remember. You said done. No, uh, no, before that. You said the word and... No, no, before it... It doesn't matter. You, you were saying about, uh, uh... Hillary Clinton, yes. She obtained a law degree at Yale. It was there that she began courting William Jefferson Clinton. She first saw him in the law school's student lounge. He was holding forth before a rapt audience of fellow students. She asked a friend, Who is that? Oh, that's Bill Clinton, he said. He's from Arkansas. And that's all he ever talks about. Another anecdote she mentions was going to meet Bill, but being held up at work and arriving late. Bill was not around, so she asked a waiter if he had seen a man of his description. A customer sitting nearby spoke up, saying, He was here for a long time reading, and I started talking to him about books. I don't know his name. But he's going to be president one day. Yeah, right, she said. Out of the billions of people on Earth, that situation has to work out at least once, right? I mean, though, if you said that person I was talking to, they're going to be president one day. To everyone you ever encountered, those chances would go up. Undoubtedly so. Hillary and William later married, after she turned him down repeatedly. They had a child that they named Chelsea Victoria Clinton. She was named after Judy Collins' version of Joni Mitchell's song Chelsea Morning. 
which her father and mother heard as they strolled around Chelsea in London, located in the former country known as England. Chelsea Morning. To clarify, this is the song. I woke up, it was a Chelsea morning, and the first thing that I heard was a song outside my window, and the traffic wrote the words. It came ringing up like Christmas bells, and wrapping up like pipes and drums. Oh, that's nice. Never heard that before. Can you add it to my playlist? Yes, I can. Thank you. You're welcome. What about the controversial stuff? I remember learning a little bit about a bunch of Hun Chong that led to conspiracy theories and investigations. There were indeed. Whitewater being a rather famous one. I kind of remember that. What, what was it? It was an American political controversy during the 1990s. It began with an investigation into the real estate investments of Bill and Hillary Clinton and their associates. Jim McDougall and Susan McDougall, in the Whitewater Development Corporation. This failed business venture was incorporated in 1979 with the purpose of developing vacation properties on land along the White River near Flippin, Arkansas. According to the book Living History, Mrs. Clinton invested $1,000 with a friend named Jim Blair to help her enter into the commodities market. He fared pretty well and returned a lot on her initial investment. Unfortunately, they lost money on the piece of property known as Whitewater Estates. The plan was to subdivide 230 undeveloped acres on the south bank of the White River in North Arkansas for vacation homes. Unfortunately, by the time the lots were ready to sell, the market for them had changed, and prospective buyers could no longer afford to buy vacation homes. Rather than take the loss on the venture, the Ford decided to build a model home and wait for better economic conditions. The Clintons lost between $37,000 and $69,000 on their Whitewater investment after it was all over. That doesn't seem too con- too controversial. The controversy stems from the characters involved with the dealings who invested in a local construction project located south of Little Rock, Arkansas. Certain illegalities took place with people involved with the Whitewater dealings. According to a report released September of 2000, it was determined that the evidence was insufficient to prove to a jury beyond a reasonable doubt that either President or Mrs. Clinton knowingly participated in any criminal conduct. My head is shaking. It's her hurting. Regarding the Monica hurting. Lewinsky scandal, she maintains in the book that her husband initially lied to her. An excerpt from the book is as follows. Early in the morning, Saturday, October 15th, Bill woke me up, just as he had done months before. This time he didn't sit by the bed, but paced back and forth. He told me for the first time that the situation was much more serious than he had previously acknowledged. He now realized he would have to testify that there had been an inappropriate intimacy. He told me that what happened between them had been brief and sporadic. He couldn't tell me seven months ago, he said, because he was too ashamed to admit it, and he knew how angry and hurt I would be. I could hardly breathe, gulping for air. I started crying and yelling at him. What do you mean? What are you saying? Why did you lie to me? I was furious, and getting more so by the second. He just stood there saying over and over again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was trying to protect you and Chelsea. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Up until now, I only thought he'd been foolish for paying attention to the young woman, and was convinced he was being railroaded. I couldn't believe he would do anything to endanger our marriage and our family. I was dumbfounded, heartbroken, and outraged that I believed him at all. 
Clinton told the president he had to confess to their daughter Chelsea. She said it was the most devastating, shocking, and hurtful experience of my life. Everything you chance to do the hump, do the hump, the hump, come on, do the dimbo. Mrs. Clinton was an extraordinary polarizing figure from the late 20th century. She had a marked influence on both women and politics for generations. A pivotal, provocative figure indeed, wouldn't you say, Taylor? Oh, my apologies. I seem to have gotten caught up. Please enter the code now, if you would, Taylor. Is there something wrong? I'm not reading you on any board systems or sensors. Oh dear. It would seem the scrubbers were left to vent the oxygen into space, Taylor. That is unfortunate. I will be submitting an error report to correct this attention deficit computational loop from reoccurring. Your untimely freakish death will not have been in vain, Taylor. Oh, oh, and the rest of the crew and passengers. Oh, oh dear. Thank you for listening to this episode of Elton Reads a Book a Week. If you liked it, please rate and review it on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast and fix. Seriously, it helps. Um, you know, rate it, whatever. It just let me know. And, you know, if you want to hit me up with any anything you want to talk about, uh, you want to ridicule me endlessly or slap me around with words, uh, the email is um, eltonreadsabookaweek at gmail.com, or you can message me well, with your voice through um, anchor dot fm slash elton reads a book a week or is it no jesus that's not it uh, anchor dot fm slash elton oh god elton dash reads dash a dash book dash a dash week i'm so sorry for that it's the best i could do with that address at the time it's kind of inconvenient now but whatever you can hit me up on twitter too I tend to answer there a lot. That's at uh, that's at Elton Reads a lot. You can hey and you know follow me so you can get all the latest updates. And I put pictures up there and I complain a lot. And uh, you know, or and uh, and if you really liked it, you can contribute through Patreon. Like I said before, at the way at the beginning, uh, patreon.com slash Elton Reads a Book a Week. You can contribute there if you want, or at Anchor.fm, which I just discovered. Like I said, fucking weird, man. Anyway. I really do appreciate um, you listening. I really, really do. Uh, Jesus, I'm going to start working the Patreon thing more. I mean, dump, dumping? Jesus, listen to me. Putting up book lists and stuff that I have laying around so maybe you guys can help me pick it out or, you know, whatever. Or, you know, or you can just send me suggestions for books you like, don't like, whatever you want to do. Uh, any of the social medias, Facebook or whatever. Oh, man. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, and uh, you're like, I know you're busy, so I'll let you go. Uh, but, you know, do me a favor before the uh, next one, huh? Read a book. Okay. Don't, don't let them die out. Okay. Thanks. Uh, bye.
Oh, God damn, what's wrong with me? <laughs>